Central. This is Tech Radio. All things computers, gadgets and web happening right now in Ireland. Hear us anytime on iTunes or download from techcentral.ie. How you doing? This is Dusty Rhodes and welcome to Tech Radio, the number one Irish tech podcast to all the latest in tech from around Ireland and across the world. Remember, as well as our show on air with RTE and online via the website or your favourite podcasting app, we keep you bang up to date on all things tech every day with hourly updates and daily newsletters, which you can grab for free at techcentral.ie. And we do that all year round. Snow or no snow. We are definitely seeing the uh, benefits of remote working, are we not, Niall? Uh, yep, yep. There's there's no such thing as, well, I mean, physically there's such a thing as a snow day. But, you know, when it, when it comes to the, the working day, there is no snow day in journalism. Yeah. So, oh, I can't, I can't make it to the office today. Oh, it says the boss. Thank God for TeamViewer. Ah, yeah. Dough. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, listen, I'm, one place that it's uh, not snowing this week is in Barcelona, which is kind of the center of the tech world of this week because uh, Mobile World Congress is with us once more. What are the headlines? Well, uh, I guess we'll we'll go big or go home to, to start with. So Galaxy, uh, sorry, Samsung have released their new Galaxy S9 and Galaxy S9 Plus smartphones and i suppose for you this news doesn't really get any bigger you can pretty much pack up and go home now <laughs> actually do you know what i'm not really that um impressed go on give us the headlines as usual the focus is on is on the screen and um, you, you can pretty much boil these d- things down these days to screen battery to a lesser extent operating system but i guess screen and battery are the two things that jump out these days oh camera of course so, uh, in terms of specs, um, it looks like there's going to be a, a difference between um, uh, two versions of the phone. One uh, to be released in the US will be run uh, will run a Qualcomm Snapdragon 845 processor, while if you're in Australia for some reason, uh, it will be using Samsung's own Exynos 9810 chipset. Um, Getting on down to the um, to the screen end of things, we have QHD, which it, which I guess is their equivalent of of UHD, uh, eighteen to nine Infinity display. Uh, the S nine will have a five point eight inch display, while the S nine Plus will have a six point two inch display. Uh, under the hood, then you've also got four gigs of RAM, sixty four gigs of uh, ROM. And uh, the S9 comes with six gigs of memory and 228 gigs of uh, of internal storage as well. So uh, both devices also support micro SD cards up to 400 gigs Ooh. in size. Okay, that's new. Yeah, that's that's pretty new. I mean, as and I guess again, sign of the times. People are are speaking as much with images now as as with calls and texts probably even more so you know you've got apps like snapchat and pretty reasonable that people want to hang on to as many pictures as possible so i think that really gives um it really gives uh this phone a leg up in terms of longevity Mm. um because i know as somebody that follows samsung products you upgrade every other year Uh, it all it it all depends i tend to go with the even numbered uh phones to be honest and 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 the reason i was saying that i wasn't impressed is because i mean it's had their nice little bumps 
but that's all they are. So I'm not going to upgrade my my uh, S8 to an S9. Why would I bother? I mean, there's there's two things that interest me. One was the super slow-mo, uh, which they've now increased to uh, 690 frames per second. So uh, you can watch all kinds of stupid, ridiculous things in slow motion. Um, and then uh, I believe uh, I was talking to a mate of mine who was at the uh, press day during the week. And he said uh, one of the things that everybody was talking about in Barcelona was the fact the S9 has kept the headphone jack. Now, I'm looking at my watch, and if I'm not mistaken, the time is definitely 2018. And if one of the things they're talking about the S9 is the fact that they've kept the S, S, uh, the headphone jack, I just think it's amusing. Um, but you've got all the other mobile phone uh, people who are really pushing the whole Wi-Fi and the Bluetooth phone, our headphones and stuff like that, Apple who've got their own unique connector and stuff like that. Um, I just love the fact that Samsung actually just keep it so you can plug in your own your own headphones. This moving on for the sake of moving on drives me nuts. It's like uh, Apple this week said that they're not going to support iTunes on their own Apple TV anymore. Sorry, the original Apple TV, the first one that came out. Well, why okay, not? Well, they, why you're, not? You're wrapping up a few issues there, okay? I, I um, am, I am, and I'm ranting, and I do apologize. <laughs> I do apologize. <laughs> so, but listen, the S9 does sound, it sounds like it is still absolutely the best phone on the market. What else is coming out of Barcelona that might come close to it? Uh, okay. Well, in terms of what comes close to it, I guess it's, it's such a crowded field these days when it comes to sort of the flagship phones. I mean, I know Sony is um, uh, trying to make, well, I don't want to say try to make, I mean, they, they are making a little bit of a comeback uh, with the Xperia XZ2 and the XZ2 Compact. Um, and again, I guess uh, the specs are largely the same as as to the um, as to Samsung. Um, again, you know, a 16 to 9 screen this time uh, in full HD, so maybe a little bit of a step down, um, um, sorry, uh, 5.7 inch full HD 18 to 9 screen is what the XZ2 is doing. So I guess 18 to 9 is, is the, the format of the year. And I guess this probably, um, ties in with the fact that a lot of phones are going as thin with the bezel, if not bezel-less. Mm. Uh, and again, this is something Samsung have been pretty good at, uh, at leading and something that, uh, Apple have, I don't want to say struggled to follow up with. But um, they've uh, been I think the key, slightly flat-footed. I think the key word is followed. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, Apple, uh, and we say this so often on the show, excellent at repackaging existing technologies. Yes, true. Uh, and we will give them hands down uh, credit for that. And in fact, Apple are kind of trying to rain on uh, the Mobile World Congress uh, by leaking some details for uh, for new iPhones in the autumn. Did you hear about that? Yeah, I think this is a bit mean, to be honest. Uh, I mean, you've got the likes of Huawei, Sony, LG, again, Samsung, Alcatel, um, trying to, you know, get out and say, look, we're doing new and exciting things that are, that are quite interesting. Um, and yet this sort of sleeks, sneaks out on the Apple grapevine that we're not going to see one, not two, but three new iPhones by the time the year is out. Mm. Um, so we're looking at potential September releases for the biggest iPhone yet. Something yeah, yeah. Like a, the best one we've ever made and uh, all kinds of neat features like the battery will die after six months and you have to upgrade. <laughs> well, you know <laughs> what? My, 
Yeah, well, my iPhone 7 got a software upgrade and it hasn't been the same since. Oh, so really? I, well, my sister-in-law yeah. in Australia, I was talking to her, she's still using her uh, her 4S. It must be 10 years old at this stage. Mm. Or, or probably not, but anyway, she's she's still at it. But it's funny how it's going with Mobile World Congress because you know maybe five, six years ago, this would have been like a huge thing on our calendar. Uh, this year it was kind of, oh, yeah, I wonder if anything interesting will come up. And, you know, a couple of interesting bits there, but it's, it's there's nothing that's setting our world on fire and I think we're just waiting for that maybe next year or maybe in two or three years time somebody's going to come along with something just astounding um, ah well you know I, I think somebody is is playing with that notion by trying to take us in the opposite direction to smartphones entirely um, and for this I gotta I gotta give um, I gotta gotta give props to HMD Global um, who are now the brand owners of Nokia handsets right and you remember what they did with the 3310 last year they they brought it back from the back from the dead and played a, an awful lot on the nostalgia factor by uh, releasing a feature phone not a smartphone a feature yeah, phone exactly but, but it has to be said a brilliant phone as well rock solid reliable does the thing that we mostly used to use telephones for and that was making telephone calls yeah and there there's two sort of markets that really benefit from this sort of you know approach one is senior citizens um who are used to using a phone a certain way and just want something that's quite simple and that's mm-hmm. kind of a market that Doro uh I don't want to say invented but you know recognized uh, before anyone else and and really got stuck in there um and Nokia is in that but they've also carved out themselves a little niche in what they call the weekender phone or the weekend phone it's basically the thing you bring out you bring it out with you on a saturday night you don't care if it get lost or broken, or stolen, or anything like that, because you've paid about forty euro for it, mm. and you've got nothing terribly uh, sensitive in it. You know, it's like your burner phone. You know, pop in your SIM card, out you go. Doesn't matter what happens, it it's it's just what it is. So the phone that they brought back at Mobile World Congress this year is the eighty one ten, and that number might mean a whole lot to you because it was a phone that was more popular, I think, in the states than over here. But it was more popular because of its tie to a certain genre-defying, defining science fiction movie. Can you remember which one? Oh, not the Matrix phone. This is, and and you know what? This is unprompted. That is unprompted that you picked that up, I, <laughs> I have to add. Listen, for people who don't out. remember, explain the Matrix phone then. Yeah, the Matrix phone, it basically just had a sliding cover on it. And you, you pressed a little button at the side and it popped out. Bing. And it, it was... Pretty cool looking, in fairness. Um, yeah, it was, it was you know, fairly obvious product placement, but it was product placement for something you, I don't, I don't remember it being widely available over here. I remember some phones using uh, a similar mechanism, some Nokia phones using a similar mechanism, but they were definitely at the higher end of the market. So, you know, it wasn't something I saw, you know, uh, on the streets, but this is what we're getting. We're, we're getting a, a new version of the AG110. It's coming in different colours. So, you know, they're really sort of going, yep, this isn't your new iPhone. This is your new, I don't care what happens to it phone. So there's my takeaways from uh, uh, from Barcelona. We've got the uh, the Nokia 8110. <laughs> that old phone is the thing that most interests us. And the fact that uh, Samsung are keeping the uh, the headphone jack. There's progress for you. <laughs> <laughs> Niall, thanks for keeping us up to date with the news as always. <laughs> This is Tech Central, your weekly tech podcast from Ireland's techcentral.ie. 
Over the last few months, we've talked about artificial intelligence, big data communications networks and how they are all having an impact on our daily lives. And we're not the only ones keeping an eye. Enable is a new research initiative based at the Connect Centre in Trinity College that looks at how these technologies can be brought together to make entire cities smarter. And if they can do that, perhaps entire countries TechCentral.ie editor Niall Kitson sat down with director Professor Siobhan Clark to find out more. So Siobhan, tell us a little bit about your background because um, like a lot of people that we talk to on the show that are working in academia, they're not pure academics. They've spent time out in the world, if you will. So tell us a little bit about your experience to date. Well, I did a computer science degree back in the early 80s. And from there, I went to IBM directly and I worked for them for, for, for 11 years. And um, that was a very good experience in, in, in a sort of a professional development environment. So I got a very good sense of, of the sort of the need for practical application of, of, of software. So then I, I, and also the challenges. So I did a PhD then and from there um, went into academia. But as, as an academic, I think I have a very good understanding of uh, the need, I suppose, to, to, to be useful in, in terms of research results. It's not just um, research for research's sake. It's research that would, would have some benefit eventually. So, so from that point of view, um, uh, for any of the sort of the, the research outputs, I was very anxious to, to, to find real problems that they might be useful for solving and that and from there went on to be interested in, in um, uh, the challenges facing cities. And so what brought you um, to the idea then of, of cities as a, an area that you wanted to focus on? Well, I, I, I had been reading around a lot on, on finding good challenges and we had been doing some work on, on um, mobility challenges and um, traffic management and we've been doing some work on, on energy management um, sort of separately and I hadn't put a, a sort of a smart cities label on these but it got to be very hot 10 years or, or more ago and um, started to see that the um, really the, the challenges with energy management and, and mobility and so on are very much rooted in um, uh, in overuse of them. I suppose so. Congestion is suppose too many cars. Um, trying to manage energy is is, is that well okay, maybe too many. The, the peak use between five and seven that you know energy suppliers often talk about and the challenges associated with that. So when you look you look at, at a city as a whole. Um, it's it's, diff- it's it's I suppose it's important not to see these in isolation, um, mobility, energy, and so on. There's all sorts of different um, th- th- domains and application areas that feed into each other. So when you start talking about mobility and congestion, you look at waste management and the waste trucks. And if you start looking at at water management, then you've got this possibility for flooding, and then that has impacts on 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 traffic and transport. So a city is a microcosm where everything feeds into everything else and from as a researcher it's a really exciting kind of um field and a set of areas for for challenges to be addressed and it's just crying out for uh, technological solutions i would say well when you have sort of this proliferation of ideas and problems within a um, sort of a, a fixed boundary 
you kind of need um, a test bed to work with, be it somewhere that's taking inspiration from abroad or looking at smaller problems or smaller studies that are, have gone on uh, in Ireland and been quite successful. So what sort of, um, I guess for want of a better word, hardware are you bringing in to enable um, that you're making use of? I, I know that there's Pervasive Nation out there and it's, it's a national network, but there are other facilities there uh, at use. Well, certainly, yes. And when we we, um, started with the Enable programme originally, um, we were very excited about the kinds of test bedding that was was being made uh, available to us. Um, So through from um, different locations, so in in Cork as well, um, we have some test bedding both in a, in a kind of a really smart building. So one Albert Key, um, it's owned by Johnson Controls. That's a very smart building that has, a, 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 on the one hand, but also has lots of challenges. It's very busy, it's, it's, it's in the city and there's mobility around it. So it has both challenges and smarts for us as researchers is a, is a good area. There's um, small rural area, small urban areas like um, Mallow. It's 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 a nice it's t- town, but it, it, it's it's not a city. But it has it, it has different kinds of challenges. Through to if we come to up to Dublin, then there is um, Croke Park is what was signed up for us. One of the, some of our researchers are, are very involved with them. Uh, a really interesting test bed uh, for us because it has all sorts of different um, um, things going on, like the, the concerts and the, the Football games, um, hurling games, obviously. The, um, uh, th- there's conferences there. There's people who work there all the time, and it's bang in the middle of a residential area, so moving people in and out. There's crowds. There's catering. There's, there's a really interesting set of challenges there. Through to um, the, uh, we also had signed up the Docklands area and the CHQ IFSC Phase One area. Now that's a really interesting area as well. Loads going on. It's like a mini city in itself. For different modes of transport, like the loses down there, buses, Dublin bikes. There's uh, car parks for so private cars are, are around there. There's concerts going on on there. There's loads of businesses. There's lots of residential. It's a really, really rich area as well, um, and it has lots of street lighting and uh, lots of challenges. Um, so. In terms of, of, of us as researchers in Enable, being able to, to make use of these, this range of different kinds of test beds is, is really, really useful. In fact, really, really important, more than useful, crucial for us. I think talking about the Docklands is a really interesting point because so much of what, you know, Silicon Docks, as it's colloquially yeah. referred to, um, you have so many companies battering around so many ideas that there is sort of this cluster effect that happens. And I imagine there's quite a, a rapid turnover of companies as well that some some uh, arrive, realise, OK, there's not actually a commercial problem here to solve, move on, do something else. How do you tap into that kind of energy? Do, do you maintain a line of communication? Well, Dublin City Council have been particularly useful from, in that regard. Um, they, they have set up a, the Smart Dublin initiative and they're particularly looking at the Docklands as a sort of a, a starter phase to um, to try out and, uh, new kinds of smart city solutions in, in that area. And they're very well tap, uh, tapped in to the big companies that are down there. In fact, there's a, there's a huge... Uh, you might think that they're all competitors on the one hand, the, the big companies down there, but in fact... There's a very well they are that's true. There's also a very uh, strong um, collaborative um, vibe going on that's being led by 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 Google actually and and Dublin City Council um, through the Smart Dublin Initiative. 
and then we've all been working together together with Enable as well on um, exploring uh, kind of combined and collaborative solutions for different challenges that are ongoing down in, down in that area so it's actually really exciting for us as researchers that this is all coming together now it's coming together really nicely um, because led by by Dublin City Council with the Smart Dublin Initiative through to the now launching Enable as uh, as a gathering of all the researchers at a national level um, as well with with those kind of companies that are down in in the Docklands as well it's it's, it's just a it's a perfect um, I wouldn't call it a perfect storm that's negative isn't it but it's the, it's the it's the perfect environment for us to work in at the moment which is great. I think one of the uh, interesting, one of the more interesting documents to, to land in our laps over the last few weeks has been the the, the grand plan for 2040 and what the country is going to look like. And we're looking at, you know, something in the region of a, a million extra people coming coming to Ireland. So this presents a, a number of opportunities or, or problems for, um, you know, traffic management, housing, yeah. um, waste management. Uh, what sort of problems... Do you look at when you see how a city operates and goes, you know, this is actually kind of red red alert stuff? Well, I mean, long before this this particular plan, I mean, the United Nations have been saying this for a long time, that their predictions are that 70% 70 to 75% of the world's population will be living in urban areas and cities by by 2050. And uh, global populations are growing as well. So that's huge numbers. Um, And cities... uh, you know they are what they are and I mean okay in some large com- com- countries like China or, or India they can possibly you know I know what we do we just lash up a new, a new, a new massive city and we'll, we'll be fine you know we don't we don't have that same capability here in Ireland or in, in many or any of the European countries um, so we have to make do with what we have to a certain extent so we, the, this is this has been one of the, the motivations that we've been looking at for, for a number of years we have we need to share resources resources are constrained more people how are we going to to have people um, living happy lives in cities with constrained resources that's the, uh, the big research challenge for us and there and those resources are um, 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 the road network um, public transport and the energy water waste management all of those services that are in in cities are going to be uh, pushed to their limits uh, w- with this extra population growth and, and yeah exciting times in one hand I think um, of, of course coming from connect there there's that sort of um, bond with looking at networks to, to begin with but uh, enables also a collaborative uh, effort with some of the other research centers mm-hmm. because it just makes sense to tap into what other yeah. people are, are doing particularly yeah. well so who else are you working with well Three of the the four main ICT centres um, are, are directly involved um, in, in in Enable. It's been hosted by Connect, you mentioned the Future um, Networks Centre, also Insight, the Data Analytics Centre, and Lero, the Software Centre. Now, each of those centres um, are, of, of, of course, uh, at a national level, so there's a number of different of the higher education institutes involved in each of the three. There's expertise that is particular to uh, to, to those uh, remits that they have, but each of those um, uh, research focuses are, are very much useful and important to to uh, for the technologies that we're kind of talking about the enabling technologies that we're talking about for to address the the urban challenges so when we were putting together the enable kind of 
consortium or um, we like it was clear that the these dimensions were important so we thought well we need to embrace that there was no point in trying to set up something different while they were there none of them had uh, a, a particular remit to look at the sort of the urban challenges particularly and so we put together together enable which which explicitly draws in the researchers and the research outputs from those three centres, wraps it up and extends it and and, and um, I suppose uses it to as a, as a basis to address the challenges in in urban areas as well. I think it's a very interesting overlap if you wanted to create a, a, a an Internet of Things solution to a problem because you've, on one level you've got a, okay you need a, a network to say make make traffic function. You know, um, more efficiently you you need the uh, impact of data analytics to see that what you're doing is effective yeah. and of course you need the software tying everything in together but yeah. one thing that uh, I tend to notice gets lost in the shuffle is that is the human fa- the human factor that you know a self-driving car can be fine but you have to account for all the other regular drivers on on the road around it Absolutely, yeah. um, so when you're putting together uh, a project or looking at a particular problem you want to solve to what extent does the human factor intrude on it? Are you looking for a purely technological solution or are you looking to add something to the process? Well, essentially, um, Enable is about the technology. And I mean, our tagline is connecting communities to urban environments through the Internet of Things. But having that said, we we have a very strong recognition that there's no point in us coming up with, with what our, our view of enabling technologies and just expecting people to be happy with it and working ahead. So to that end, we, we have... Um, We've included in our collaboration uh, social scientists, social scientists who are very focused on on uh, what they call a co-design process. So, in the sense that there's no point in coming up with technology and saying asking people, "Are you happy with this?" You go you go back much further than that. Engage citizens at a much much earlier stage with uh, to ask them questions like, "What would their vision be? How, what would they like solutions to look like?" And they that that input explicitly is taken into account in the design of the the solution, the enabling technology solutions. Yeah. Now, of course, you know it's it's early days for enable, but. <laughs> When you're looking at what's happening around the world, where do you think Dublin actually fits in when you're putting together sort of a a list of smart cities that you would either like to emulate or you think would be really interesting places to work? Well, I would like to point out that Dublin actually got shortlisted in in, in the 2017 um, Smart Cities uh, um, competition. So Dublin is doing very well by by um, international uh, metrics. But there's there's lots of of, of cities that have different um, uh, different benefits. In fact, uh, Dublin City Council were part of the organisation of a of a group of of cities that came together in Dublin just last week um, I think there was about 20 or 30 cities uh, who came together to share their experiences and that ranged from, there was, there was uh, cities from I mean, Tel Aviv, there was American cities, um, there was cities from across Europe um, and lots of, of very good kind of ideas so there's no one that's, that's, that's great I mean I know Dublin City Council love to talk about Eindhoven because they have lots of lots of nice ideas according to Dublin City Council when I talked to people from Eindhoven and you know they, were, they came as well because they you know they're all willing to share their ideas and, and um, 
you know, the, the ones that win uh, frequently, I suppose, these competitions. I mean, it was fantastic that to, for Dublin to get shortlisted. We were all really excited about that. It was brilliant. But the ones that win tend to be um, uh, New York, um, Vienna, uh, Copenhagen, Barcelona, um, London. So, so they kind of win these competitions. But, uh, you know, I can... Uh, Again, I would I would have him really impressed with Dublin. I have to say. <laughs> well, I think that's that's really interesting in that in that you're mentioning sort of cities that are very um, uh, I don't know to the forefront of people's minds when they think of cities in general, yeah. uh, as opposed to new developments. So, do you think that's sort of the the most important way to get buy in? on urban projects is to say look you, you don't need to be building out in the middle of nowhere these are yeah. projects that enhance people's lives right right now yeah. and can be done efficiently efficiently well i think so well, i think we don't have any option um and in, in fact I, I suppose there's cultural issues as well some of the countries that like build new cities it's very hard for them to get people to to live in them because they're a bit kind of you know cultureless and people aren't that you know, not that happy there. That brother. You know, so, uh, it's just as an aside, it doesn't really answer your question. But I mean, in 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 Europe uh, and in a lot of the uh, states or a lot of countries, we have the cities we have. So um, it's incumbent on us to to try and improve the way they work. And people love them. You know, people who live, they live in Cork love living in Cork. People, I, I live in Dublin. I love living in Dublin. Notwithstanding the the, traf- the traffic, I, I'd like things to work better. People in Cork talk about liking some things to work better. They make the same. But generally speaking, you talk to people from the city that they, they, they want to live there, and they want it to work better for them. So that's the that's the the, the research challenge for us, I guess. And that was our techcentral.ie editor, Niall Kitson, chatting with Siobhan Clark from the Connect Centre in Trinity College. That's almost it for our show this week. The programme is supported by irishjobs.ie. For the latest jobs from IT recruiters, do visit techcentral.ie forward slash jobs. That address again, techcentral.ie forward slash jobs, all powered by the nice people at Irish Jobs. Of course, you while you're on the website, you can also get the lowdown on all things tech in Ireland with hourly updates daily newsletters and more techcentral.ie or listen to us each week online or Fridays at 5pm on DAB Digital Radio with RTE Radio 1 Extra until next week from myself Dusty Rhodes enjoy what's left of the snow and stay warm Get Tech Radio subscribe for free with iTunes or download on demand at techcentral.ie Tech Radio is produced by digitalaudioproductions.com Thanks for